Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Blaster Cannon, Den of Geeks Star Wars and Expanded Universe podcast. This week, we're bringing you a news-heavy episode as the marketing machine gears up for the launch of Episode 9, and some exciting announcements arrive from Delray. With news from Galaxy's Edge and Star Wars Resistance coming into the home stretch of Season 1, let's see what Star Wars has in store. Hey friends, how are you? I am well, I am well, um... <laughs> I almost thought you were talking to the audience. I was like, kind of in, in, kind of like, oh, when's the audience? Oh, it's talking to me and Seth. No, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just uh, hanging out, listening to uh, lots of podcasts, listening to lots of uh, the Midnight Synthwave band. So, yeah, doing good, doing good. How about you, Seth? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Not bad. Just living life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So I got tickets to a Lord Huron concert in the summer, which I'm super excited for if we're going to talk about music real quick. <laughs> Saf, what are you listening to? Listening to? Yeah. You, uh, do you have a favorite like band right now? Oh, yeah. Front Bottoms. Still. Cool. It's been like a year. I still love them. Wait, hold on a second. Who are you seeing, Megan? Lord Huron. They're kind of a folk rock ah. synth kind of thing. Good. I love synth. Love me some synth wave. Definitely yeah. recommend them. Okay, right. so most exciting thing in Star Wars movie news this month was definitely the episode nine rap photo posted by J.J. Abrams and John Boyega. We are starved for episode nine content. We are starved for it. I'm loving the jokes about how the title for episode nine will only be revealed after the credits of episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that joke, but that's real good. Wow. Right? Um, no credit to me. Credit to Twitter. So uh, we did get a little bit of information out of the J.J. Abrams mystery box, which was this wonderful photo, along with some other photos of the cast in the, the rap party. But the most important one was the, like, you know, the co-official photo of Ray, Poe, and Finn hugging on the set of a desert desert location my heart immediately jumped back to when i first saw the force awakens and when the fandom became so energized about this trio of characters and then of course the trio hasn't been together in the two movies (laughs) (laughs) no the end of the end of the last jedi yeah yeah so this photo made me my heart grew three sizes as i saw them so i'm really hoping that they're actually going to be together more often in this movie i know they were also together in some of the comics um so how do you all feel about this were you also kind of excited and energized are you tired of like the saga film discourse 
And what do you feel about like the trio based on this photo? I got very emotional when I saw the photo. Um, I think it was one of those times when I woke up and everyone was talking about something and I was like, what did I miss? Um, and then I went and found the photo and just kind of teared up a little bit because seeing them all together and hugging and like Poe, well, I guess uh, Oscar Isaac's like emotional looking face. And I was like, oh no, this, this is too much. Because like I have been a bit burned out in Star Wars, not for like any particular reason it's just because life's been busy and I don't have that much time to spend energy on being excited about Star Wars or thinking about Star Wars at the moment uh but seeing that just pulled me right back in I was like yes I love these saga films and I love these characters so much and now I have to wait till December thanks JJ (laughs) yeah this is like a soft photo yeah yeah I, I I thought it was really cool uh, I know we had some leaks of the costumes recently, and uh, as far as, you know, I can't really see Finn super super well, but he seems like he's wearing essentially the same thing from the previous two movies, which is fine. I, like, I, lo- I love that look of Finn. But you see Poe Dameron wearing his kind of new outfit, and that's kind of cool. Like, I kind of got to see that in a great picture, and you saw Daisy Ridley wearing essentially something from the first film, essentially, and that's kind of a bummer. To be honest, I kind of wanted to. I loved her Octu outfit a lot. Uh, so yeah, it's one of those things where it was cool. You wonder what exactly the significance of that desert planet they're on. You're assuming you're assuming it's a desert planet that they're on. Yeah. Did they make and, Did they make Finn go back to Jakku? Because that's just mean. You know, a part of me <laughs> wants honestly, Saf. A part of me really wants it to be Tatooine if it really oh, is. Oh, I know. Yet. Okay. I know, I know that, you. I, I knew you would want to be Tatooine before you even said it. <laughs> oh, well, you know me too well. Uh, I mean, it's fair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're going to end the tr- in the saga, which you shouldn't. But anyway, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you're going to, might as well end it where it all began, in my opinion. And that's the thing with episode nine, that I think that, like, they're still kind of hammering home the last of the saga, saga, saga and all that stuff. <laughs> if they're going to do it, let's do it the right way. Let's promote it like, you know, I, I've always said... You know, when, they, when they announced that, I said, well, if they hope the marketing says every saga has a, a beginning, every saga has an ending. And I think that would be really fun and interesting. And if they and if it ended on Tatooine, like a big showdown between Ray and Kylo Ren on Tatooine, that'd be really interesting and cool, I think. So because, you know, if she if she did say kill Kylo or Kylo died on on Tatooine, it would be very poetic. You know, and, and very much in line of, like... Oh, my like, gosh. That's to my favorite water. Skywalker line. Mm. I grew up here. You're going to die here. <laughs> and that's the thing. So, I kind of... That's, the to me, like, the, seeing Post costume, which, by the way, I like Post costume way more in this than in Last Jedi. I I didn't like his Last Jedi jacket because the, the Rebel insignia on his shoulder... Just, just seemed like very 90s X-Men to me, and it bothered me. It didn't seem like Star Wars, and, and that's just my opinion. And seeing him in a more like outfit like he has in in the picture and in the, in the leaked photo that that picture confirms makes me go, yeah, that seems more like Star Wars to me. It seems more in line. So yeah, I, I, I everything looks good. I, I, I do hope Daisy has a little bit more of a, a cooler outfit besides just her, a like, same version of her first costume but I you know agree. whatever 
I have some thoughts about her costume, the little of what we've seen of it. I also think it was different. Obviously, we don't know when this photo was taken. I really want to see her in something reminiscent of Luke's Return of the Jedi costume, whether that's more or whether that's... Yeah, uh, I do wonder if this is, like, her only costume change or she gets more than one. Because yes. we do see her switch outfits in The Last Jedi. And, like, in previous Star Wars movies, like, some characters have had more than one outfit change. In some cases, Padme's many outfit changes in one movie. Uh, which is, you know, for the narrative reasons. Uh, so, like, it's possible this isn't Rey's final outfit. Or if it is, she also has another outfit in the movie. So I'm not, like, basing all my speculation on this outfit on, like, this is the, this is the outfit that she has. It's probably, like, the main one. Um, but I hope we see more looks because I always love more Star Wars looks anyways. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I bought the black series Octu Ray figure with the poncho. I think, I think she looks fantastic. It's a great. Oh, outfit. I love that poncho. Like Lo- that poncho, Jen Erso on the poncho. Star Wars just needs more Word. good ponchos. Yeah. They, they, and they can pull it off. Cause I couldn't pull off a poncho. Do you guys remember Same. when ponchos were big in like the early two thousands and like all like the 40 year old ladies all had in the 50 year old ladies all had ponchos when they went out. I thought it was really weird. Anyway, um, so <laughs> was bringing it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that Ray has that armband on, and some people pointed out that that's the place where she was hit, um, where she would have a, a scar. And I think that's kind of cool. I also think that if she's going to be scarred, they should show it and not cover it up to make her look prettier that like if she's gonna look like a warrior like why not give her a scar so i was Mm. kind of like hmm, like side-eyeing that speculation a little bit not because i thought it was incorrect but because i want her to look tough and for her to have a scar (laughs) if she's going to (laughs) um i think that is kind of interesting because kylo's scar has been such a big point of uh, like a focal point in the film and in the way that he is shot. Uh, it's and in such Star a focal Wars. point, Megan, that they what? moved it completely in the second film. Yes, that's true. It <laughs> didn't stay in the same place, but it was important to his look. It, it wasn't yeah. accurate to the previous movie, but it was very noticeable. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just had to say that. It was such a focal point. They had to move it to make it so much yeah. more significant. We all like, forgot that along the way, didn't it's we? It's as well because like, it looked real goofy where it was originally, so they just like didn't want to keep it there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm making, I apologize. <laughs> but it's this idea that like the hero is scarred, and the, or excuse me, the villain is scarred and the villain is ugly, and uh, whereas like... Like, Luke Skywalker had the scars from the Wampa attack because that's just, that's how Mark Hamill looked at that time. And they kind of went with that. They covered it up to a degree, but it became part of his character. And I kind of, I liked that. Um, And I would be interested in seeing that for Rey also. I also at first thought that her hair was kind of a step back, was that she'd gone back to those ponytails but I noticed that the ones that she has now are more they're closer to her head they're shorter in the back and that means that they'd be harder to grab in a fight so it's a similar look it's also similar to Leia's look yeah um, but it's a little more it's like a more yeah refined and mature version of her yeah and a little more warrior look yeah the look like like the hair that Leia has in The Last Jedi 
Sorry. Or The Force Awakens. So like I'm, one of Leia's mature looks. Sorry, I'm just holding on to dear hope that she could still be a solo. Sorry. You, Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what you were getting at there, but I see it now. Yeah, like, oh, like, I mean, you can say, you can say Leia was probably the closest to a mother figure she's had. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. You know, I just, I just gotta say, I, I love the character, Ray. I really do. I think she's a great character. And, it just, I want her to be, like, I love the idea of her being Kylo's sister so much, but I know it's not going to happen, but it just bums me out, because that's what I wanted so badly, especially in what Ryan Johnson's given us. Like, I'm like, man, this is perfect. Like, to me, when I watched Last Jedi the first time, I, me- I remember thinking, this is a possibility. Oh, this is so good. I mean, even though, like, there's weird, creepy, weird stuff in it, like, they're doing to each other in oogly eyes, this will still work. No! And so, yeah, I still hold it out to the point zero zero one percent chance it could happen. So, oh, pal. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> I'm, I'm admitting it. I know it's a long shot. The, anyway. the symbolism is there in her hair. Exactly. It's a like um, Yeah. So that's uh, all that I have about that photo. I'm looking forward to more. It definitely, I just, I want to see the trio be friends. That's very important to me. Um, we may be able to see more of them by the time Triple Force Friday rolls around. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> oh. So, ah. um, <laughs> uh, is that your wallet screaming, or is that like a, like a philosophical, you're opposed to this on an emotional so level? So what wants to speak? I hate you! That's my wallet. Yeah, yeah. That's my wallet yelling at me. So the traditional fall Force Friday event, um, well, it's not always fall. The toy event is uh, this year is triple. I'm making movements with my hands. You can't see them. They're very dramatic. Rice. <laughs> um, uh, with toys from Episode Nine, The Mandalorian, and Jedi Fallen Order available on October fourth. So. There's a lot of speculation we could do about what does this mean about release schedules for things. It's, you know, good timing for the beginning of the holiday season with the movie coming out in December. Um, the thing that I'm most interested in this is that what does this mean about Jedi Fallen Order? Does this mean that we can have some kind of guarantee that the game will come out in holiday 2019? Like, has, is it on the release schedule that it was supposed to be on? Um there's just been so many changes in the video game, like Star Wars licensing world right now, that I will hardly believe that Jedi Fallen Order exists until I hold it in my hands. So I'm just wondering, like, will we know more about it from the it's toys? Weird, because like other other games don't like do that. They don't like. Well, I mean, there are some games, but they're the games that are like solid games. But like most, like I don't know, like god of war or whatever didn't like release a bunch of toys in preparation for the game coming out you know like this is a very star wars thing so like it's mm-hmm. hard to know what this says about the game because games don't really do this i'd say i'd go as far as saying like this shows that lucasfilm and like everyone has confidence the game is going to actually get released around like at some point 
that the toys make sense and also that it's going to be released. And so <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like the fact they have confidence this game is actually going to be released. Uh, but I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's even going to come out then. Like, I know how much games can, like, get pushed back and why it happens. Uh, and I don't know anybody involved in the game. And even if I did, I wouldn't be able to talk about it anyways, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like you, Megan. I'm not going to believe this game is actually real until I, like, am playing it. And even then, I'm going to struggle. It makes me wonder about who is going to find value in these toys if they aren't as familiar with the characters. Like, will the average video game fan, are kids even the market for this kind of thing? I think oh, about how... Not kids. No, because, like, when you... Like, when you go into Toys R Us, you know, you have, like, the aisle with Star Wars and Marvel, and then the... Actually, what I'm thinking of is a Target. The Target <laughs> near where I work has, like, the kind of side of the aisle is devoted to, basically, game figures for adults. Like, if I would go looking for, like, Destiny stuff, or, like, there'll be Assassin's Creed figures there, those are in their own, like, little section. And so I'm wondering if these... Uh, Jedi Fallen Order figures are going to be in that kind of section, uh, or if they're going to be in with the others, like the kids' Star Wars toys, because they're advertised together in this Force Friday post. I don't know, this is a weird thing, because, yeah, this is kind of new, really, like, in the grand scheme of, like, Star Wars and games. Um, The big push... Well, I mean, no, 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 like, the idea of... Star Wars toys for Star Wars games isn't new, but the idea of, like, advertising them as part of, like, the movie push as well, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, the TV show push and everything is new. So, like, it's hard to predict, like, where they'll end up going, like, who they're aimed at, like, who is the game even aimed at? Like, I don't know. This is weird. And I totally forgot that they were doing Jedi Fallen Order Mm. um, things for this, because, like, it just totally slipped my mind, because I was like, yeah, the movie and the TV show. And the yeah. game, sure. I yeah, the game, the game that's happening. Yes, I believe that. Um, yeah, it's it's weird because like I wouldn't buy them for my nephew because like he's eight. He's probably not gonna be able to play this game because he's a kid. Uh, I I probably won't buy them for myself until I've played the game and decided I like characters unless there's a really cool looking robot. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird, right? Is it just because there's Star Wars collectors who will buy any toy? Is it because Star Wars just <clears throat> makes toys of every character? Like. Star Wars is weird. I'm glad you thought it was weird, too, because I was wondering that same thing. What does this say about who this game is for? And I'm still a big shrug emoji. I still don't really know. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to I'm going to knock you all out with some truth here. Uh, (laughs) So, no, I'm just mostly kidding. Mostly. No, uh, I was waiting to see where you were going with that one. All right. Yeah. No, no. So basically, here's the deal. You're right, Seth, that this is the first time they've ever, like, associated a video game with a film release in a sense to where they're putting everything out at once, with, hence the name Triple Force Friday, right? That's what – that, to me, is the weird thing. But I have a couple ideas of what, what they might be going with. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to kind of get everything kind of pumped up together because if you remember, Battlefront 2 came out before episode set or eight excuse me and it had a novel it had the um infernal squad that came out the month before or the uh, summer before excuse me so they had a tie-in novel they definitely had action figures tied it wasn't a wide release but they had gamestop figures that actually makes me think about also 
Shadows of the Empire had that mm-hmm. whole marketing yep. push. That was a game that yeah. also had figures with it. Well, yes, yes, yes. So, so here's what I think is going to happen or what they're going to do. Okay. I think that they're not, so I think they're going to release a bunch of pre, uh, Mandalorian material and, uh, you know, Jedi Fallen Order pre prequel, like book stuff, comic books, whatever you want all in between the summer and September or in, in the release of triple force Friday. So they're going to have some stuff there, but there's going to be all, we're going to get all these book announcements in celebration in April. Oh God. We're gonna yeah. Get right. A it's gonna be books. Load, right. Yeah. Tons of books. So if we're anything like the battlefront book, we may get a Jedi fallen order book before that. Okay. So yes. we, oh. then, hmm. we then might get, some investment mm-hmm. with these characters that Seth is talking about and say, well, how do I know I want to invest in this game and these characters before I play the game or whatever? Well, if you read the book, like if everyone loved Iden Versio, like we all did mostly from reading Inferno Squad, if they would have maybe released the Iden Versio toy at Target that was for the mass audience instead of at GameStop or whatever, then maybe probably would have all bought it or something like that. So what, to answer your question, Megan, I think that they're, this is all made for the collectors like us or who are yeah. hard Star Wars fans who then will tie themselves to be like, oh, man, I really like such and such a character. I'm going to go buy that for whatever, whether it be the Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order, or maybe Episode Nine. I think they know that maybe the, the sequel trilogy may not have as much pizzazz, if you will, with maybe with their main characters. If they re-release these toys, like Finn looks generally the same, right? Um, yeah. Ray, as far as we know, looks kind of the same. And uh, Poe looks a little different. And Poe is maybe the only figure I'd maybe would buy. A, like, I definitely will, I'm not going to buy any more Finn figures as of right now, anyway. And Ray, I'm good with my Poncho Ray right now. This is again, this is from my own standpoint. But if you're looking at people who who already have a Ray, a Poe, a Finn, what else? What what don't they have right now? Mandalorian toys, Jedi Fallen Order toys. So if you give them some pieces of information, like before the, the Force Friday comes out and after, or uh, yeah, after Force Friday comes out, you then get people excited and want to invest in the product that they're putting out and also get them excited for the main event, which is the Mandalorian TV show, Jedi Fallen Order game, and episode nine. So the way I see it is they know that everyone's going to double dip on everything. So instead of like, hey, everyone. Here's more Ray toys. Here's more Poe toys. Here's more Finn toys. They might say, here's a Finn toy, but here's some Knights of Ren. Here's some. Uh, <laughs> oh, now hope they pull. <laughs> boy, I'm, I'm, there's going to be at least one or two. You know it. And I'll be buying yeah, every single yeah. one of them. Anyway, but the, I'm not sorry. Long with an answer here. So what I'm trying to say is I also don't think they're going to give us a crap load from every uh, section. So I expect only for as far as toys go. I think we're only going to get mate two at the most, maybe three uh, per uh, release. So meaning if Jedi Fallen Order gets two figures or three figures to that line, the Mandalorian would get two to three and maybe episode nine get, gets three to four figures. That way you're not oversaturating the whole market all at once. It may even be less than that. I don't know. But I imagine episode nine would have a little bit more. But yeah, think about this. I would think that episode nine would have more than that, but it depends on sales. Oh, are we going to get another Zoom VR? 
Yeah. Yeah. So you have me over here going like, oh my gosh, who's going to write the Jedi Fallen Order book? Because you're right. Like, they're presumably. Now I'm thinking about that. (laughs) And so this is my exact thought process on that is that Alexander Freed is busy. Um, So the next option is. I love that we had the same thought process on that. (laughs) Well, so the next option is Christy Golden who does not have a Star Wars project going on right now that we know of. She did um, the Inferno Squad book. So the other option that I thought would be good for what little we know about the tone of the game is Delilah Dawson, who also has a... She's booked also for another Star Wars project. So I would put my credits on Christy Golden for a Fallen Order book Mm. if that's a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and and also, like, it, it, I think what what's gonna happen is I think we're gonna get a couple things before Triple Force Friday because I think it's only natural that they're gonna have to you know really amp up these things. And again, you want to invest in these characters, the Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order, probably more so Jedi Fallen Order. But in in all, in all seriousness, I don't think the Mandalorian's gonna have a ton of toys of it out there. But you know what they're gonna have? They're gonna have the Mandalorian himself, and maybe yes. possibly the other Mandalorian that uh or that is going to be out there. We're assuming and other, other, any other characters or whatever. So um, that, yeah. So to me, it's like, we're going to get, you know, they're not going to oversaturate the market with a ton of new, like eight, eight toys per line. I just think, you know, you may get one or two, you're going to get the Mandalorian himself. That, that, that is a given in that, in, in there. But as far as like tie in comic books and tie in books, who knows? You're probably going to get maybe one per, you know, per Jedi Fallen Order, per Mandalorian. But how many are we going to get for Episode 9? Depends on the, the the year gap, right? I mean, for Episode 8, what do we get for books? We got, um, what is it? Uh, we got um, Cobalt Squadron. Yeah, Cobalt Squadron, Phasma. What else did we get? We got a couple other kids' books. Cap- yeah, there were a couple Skywalker. in the Journey 2 series. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too, I'm, There's too many to look forward to for me to remember the details of the ones in the past right now. Be, <laughs> I think there's going to be a plethora of, um, you know, of things. So yes. I, I just think that, like, it's going to be not as many toys. There's going to be a decent amount of toys, trust me. But there's not going to be, like, four per line i think it's gonna be like you know maybe phone order has two Mandalorian has two and then like uh episode nine has six or five or whatever so so maybe something along those lines it's gonna be lopsided at, at best but as far as novels books making of books get ready because i a think good transition into the galaxy's edge tie-in books because oh. there are a lot of those too <laughs> yep they sure are Wow. So we're going to kind of go out of our like movie news section. Our sections are pretty loose in this episode, but uh, moving into tie-in updates. So I'm just going to read these real quick, and then we can go through if you all have thoughts about them. 
um, because we do have a full list of content to be coming from Galaxy's Edge. So the one that's like the heftiest entry and therefore the most interesting to lore buffs is Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson, coming September 3rd, which is described as a prequel to the Disney Parks experience. <laughs> General Leia Organa dispatches her top spy to Batu in a desperate search for resistance allies. There's a book called A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova coming out August 6th, which is a young adult novel about two best friends from Batu who have a run-in a run with smugglers and pirates and presumably fall in love with each other. I don't know if that's what this book's really about, but it seems like it's angling that way. There's Star Wars Myths and Fables by Greg Mann with illustrations by Grant Griffin. It's described on the official site as featuring two stories that take place on the remote outer world, excuse me, outer rim world of Batu, plus many other untold tales from the edge of the galaxy, lushly illustrated. It uh, it has a cool dragon on the cover. <laughs> It's, um, you know, very like, classically illustrated and a previously announced five issue comic series, Galaxy's Edge, written by Ethan Sachs with art by Will Slaney, which launches in April. So that's a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, as typical, I'm most interested in in Black Spire and the novel and um, they're doing their best to make sure that kids and, and you know, whoever visits the park has plenty to uh, occupy them. And that's, yeah, what do you all think about those? I'm excited for Black Spire because it's got that character, his name I've already forgotten. The the woman who's investigating Phasma? Yeah, 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 her. And she was, re- she was like one of my favorite parts of Phasma because her interactions with the dude, whose name I've also forgotten, the, the lobster Phasma. She was really cool. And when I heard that this book was about her, I was like, yes! <laughs> That's how excited I am about this book. I am really keen to see her again because I thought this character would disappear into the shadows of Star Wars, like, canon and just never come back. Yeah, she was cool, so I'm glad to uh, to see more of her. Yeah, the, the Myths book is what I'm probably the most excited about, to be honest, because there's that cool dragon versus, a, like, a Jedi, it looks like, on there. And that just reminds me of, like, The Last Jedi, or Last Jedi, excuse me, Tales of the Jedi. I yes. love... And that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of an old school Jedi tale and very fantasy as for, as for from the fantasy element, which I is my favorite element of Star Wars is the fantasy element. And I want more of that. We've got a lot of sci-fi elements from Star Wars recently with like all the alphabet squadron, which again, I like that stuff. But my favorite aspect is more of the fantasy element, which is, I think, the roots of Star Wars and seeing that gives me hope that like we're going to get more stuff like that. I hope it's not just like a, a tall tale where look, you know, maybe the story group's a little bit nervous about doing some kind of definitive old school Jedi tale. So without maybe uh, doing some kind of backstory, if you will, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to put your pigeon in hole yourself already and, and just yeah. some random tale. Yeah. Like that's that's what the, why I wasn't interested in the legends of the Luke Skywalker book, particularly yeah. because they didn't feel real quote. Exactly. Yeah. So, for me, it's I, I really want them to be I want it to be a legitimate tale, not just like I heard about this one story that it could be true. Um, no, I don't want to do that. I want I want them to grab a freaking holocron and it goes, <laughs> let me tell you a tale, young one, a tale about a lightsaber, you know, something like that. And, and then you go in. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like that. 
exactly like that. See, exactly. So <laughs> that's what I want. I don't want none of this, like, tons of, well, I heard they just had a lightsaber. No, I want I want to fight. I want, I want definitive old school Jedi versus a dragon stuff or alien dragon, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. Very good. We need to see how many different voices we can uh, have you do for potential audience well, members for this well. book. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to make sure to include the announcement um, that the so we were very excited about Alphabet Squadron. I actually went on Tashi Station's um, uh, flagship podcast to talk about this we have an episode called alphabet soup so i didn't i don't want to repeat myself here um but suffice it to say that i was very excited to learn that alphabet squadron will be the first in a trilogy as well as having a tie-in comic um, the main character is a woman called erica quell and it sounds amazing and everything about it is good the more I hear about it, the more excited I get. When I saw the announcement that it's a trilogy, I just I felt a weight lift from me, knowing that we were getting three <laughs> new Star Wars books from Alex Reed. <laughs> I'm not sure if the weight has left me or if the weight has increased because I know these are gonna just tear my heart out. <laughs> yeah, there's also that. Some, there's like the the knowledge shit. that I actually have some like because I have been like relatively excited for like some of the books, but I haven't read them because I'm really bad at keeping up with books. Especially in Star Wars, I've just fallen so behind. But, like, I will absolutely grab these books the day they come out and just devour them. And I'm really excited to have, like, three Star Wars books that I am excited. Um, so ready for this It's going to be good. Like, my entire thread is just going to be, like, subtweeting at this book. Uh. Just going, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> just more and more intensity in your own nose as you go further along. Yeah. I'll just... I'll just text you any questions I have that I need to avoid for your alphabet obsession. (laughs) I'm trying to be chill about it. I'm trying not to overwhelm anyone with my alphabet obsession. Just do you. Just do you. I just know I can get around it. So that's all I care about. (laughs) All right. Megan's going crazy. I'm going to go ahead and text her a question. (laughs) I'm just going to answer you with, oh, no. You realize that, right? Well, and really fast, does is the tie the Tie Fighter book is it tied is it part of the trilogy or is it a, it's a tie-in material? I'm not sure where it is placed in terms of the chronology of the series, but what it okay, is it's, is a focus it's, it's on the, the enemies. So like yeah, right. So like Alphabet Squadron is okay. competing against or fighting against this particular tie Tie Fighter Squadron. Right. Okay. Does that answer the question? Okay. Somewhat. I'm good. <laughs> A spinoff of a spinoff thing. Yes, I like it. But I thought I thought it was included as is a part of the trilogy. But no, Alexander Freed has three books total, and this Tie Fighter book by Jody Hauser is or comic book is a tie-in material. Yeah, the comic books are tie-in. In In terms of numbers, it's like four things. Gotcha. Okay, that's what. Yeah, you you answered the question correctly. Yeah, and this the Tie Fighter series has several issues. I think it's five or so. Don't quote me on that though. Yeah, Maybe Star Wars will finally get me to read the comics with this, tying it in with an Alex Freed property. Oof. You know, I I do want to read the comics. Like, legitimately, no shade on the comics. Like, I love comics. It's just really hard to find time to, like, for one thing, get the comics and then read the comics. Jody Hauser is very good as well. If you're going to pick up something, Age of Republic is a, a very good spot to start with just these one-shots. Mm, that's right, yeah. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> 
It's fine. Just, just ignore <laughs> me. It's fine. It's okay. It's we'll fine. have an episode soon about comics, and then I will have to catch up on the comics. That's right. All right. I'm happy. <laughs> Moving on. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> well, Queen's Shadow, the Padme book, is coming out next month. And... Oh, wait, move it on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hey. Sorry. It's uh, it's it's important news, I think. Um, so I read it. I enjoyed it, but did not love it. I don't want to go into too much detail uh, right now. But I think if you really love Padme, if you go in like you know, really like want more about Padme, want more about the Handmaidens, I think you will absolutely get that. It's a book that has a lot for people that want the kind of character building and emotion, and it's good for people who want like facts and to update wikipedia articles it has a lot of kind of connecting tissue between parts of the prequels so uh, yeah that'll for be me then i've also heard from like people who are really big padme fans who have gotten ARCs of the books that like they love it so if you are a big padme fan this is absolutely the book for you i'm pretty excited for it like not on the same level i am for alphabet squadron obviously but like i am definitely keen to get this book when it comes out and read through it I saw the Phantom Menace <laughs> last weekend, and I thought Padme was like really cool. She that's was good. good in that one. I think yeah. she's. A, I think that's she's, probably the best. Uh, oh, like she wow. has the, like the best. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the what you mean. For yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's she's the hero in that one. She's yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's and it's yeah. Anyway, I just want I want to end on a positive. I I like Padme a lot in <laughs> Phantom Menace. So uh, there was also an excerpt from Master and Apprentice, and uh, I know these these heathens don't really read uh, excerpts, so <laughs> I read it. Um, it is about Qui-Gon is offered a seat on the Jedi Council, and Kenneth doesn't want to do it, because if he does, he can't take a Padawan, and he's already thinking about uh, whether he wants Obi-Wan to be his Padawan. So it was the writing was fine. Um, it didn't quite have as much intensity as the 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 book in, or excuse me, the story in From a Certain Point of View that uh, Claudia Gray wrote, but it was pretty good. Um, I definitely, like, I really loved uh, kind of the Jude Watson era of, like, Obi-Wan canon, so curious to see how this connects to that. That's interesting, because that's quite a divergence from, like, the original Legion stuff about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, because I, I devoured that stuff. I loved yes. the Jedi Apprentice book so much. Exactly, um, well... Yeah, and it seems like they're actually changing things up there. And I was, like, because I haven't read any of the other uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan material yet that's come out. I, I 
plan to, but I'm really bad at catching up on stuff. Um, so I have been like really curious how the relationship is going to be in canon as opposed to Legends. Yeah, I, I wonder what more about Obi-Wan's backstory too, because in the Jude Watson books, right, he was almost not made a Jedi. Like Obi-Wan. Yeah, he was like basically kicked out to go to the ag- Agriculture Corps. Agri-Corps. Yeah, Agri-Corps. the Agri-Corps. Please, it's so good. I love the fact that like Jedi who aren't quite cut out to be Jedi still go and help planets. Anyways, um, yeah, because Qui-Gon doesn't want him. He kind of gets forced with Obi-Wan. But in a way, I feel like changing it that Qui-Gon is very much considering Obi-Wan as a Padawan is actually like nicer for Obi-Wan throughout the series because then he doesn't have this like whole, I forgot the right word I need, but like so feeling like complex, he's not, right? yeah, like a complex, like yeah. a of not being wanted, not being a proper Jedi and stuff that he then projects onto Anakin potentially. Like we get this character who had that good figure who wanted him and trained him. Uh, and I kind of prefer that in a way, just because Obi-Wan lives a tragic life. It's nice that he's getting something good in the prequels. Yes. And it's hard to know from this excerpt what exactly their relationship is, like what, um, how they've interacted before. So yeah. I ended up reading this excerpt reading the Qui-Gon edition of, excuse me, the Qui-Gon issue of the Age of Republic comics and watching the Clone Wars episodes where Yoda talks to Qui-Gon's spirit all within 24 hours, which was interesting. They, in the new canon, they're really hammering home this idea that Qui-Gon is like, he's all about balance and he kind of thinks about the force in a different way from the rest of the council. So Qui-Gon was the first kind of Age of Republic comic that didn't really stun me. (laughs) The other ones that I've read, I really liked. Um, This one I found because it was very philosophical, but I found that its illustration of that idea of balance was a little bit murky, um, but it was still a solid story. And the art actually reminded me of Annihilation, which is Ooh, a very like high that. compliment. Yes. So if you'd like to see Qui-Gon fighting and or communing with uh, plant monsters, <laughs> Ooh. check it out. I <laughs> um, find it interesting, like, how much Qui-Gon's kind of being changed in the new canon compared to how he used to be in Legends. Like, he's kind of one of the only, like, main film characters they can do that with that much because he's only in The Phantom Menace. But he's still a vital character to the entire saga. But they can still, like, kind of change how he is. Because in, in, like, Jude Watson stuff, he's, like, a little bit reckless. He's got some anger there. He doesn't want Obi-Wan as a Padawan. He's kind of, like, <laughs> he's a little bit mean at times. And now it's more like he he's a bit more, like he's kind of portrayed in The Phantom Menace, like a bit more like in balance, like in love with nature and the living force and stuff like that. And like kind of wiser because of it. Um, It's been interesting watching his character kind of shift between legends and canon. I'm a big fan of, of Kenobi and and, and Qui-Gon and and I love those characters and I I love Claudia Gray. I really liked uh, Lost Stars. I really liked Mm. her excerpt. Um, or her little uh, book from, uh, or part in the uh, uh, Tales from a, whatever that book was again. I forgot what it from was. A certain uh, point of view. Yeah, for, I, I <laughs> yeah. don't know why I was. I couldn't Back think of the Bob. name. Back uh, Bob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. So I, I, I loved, I loved that chapter. So I have not read this, read this chapter. This is why I don't like reading like just isolated chapters before the the book comes out. It's like I want to see everything in context, like. It may like one chapter may not be good by itself, but then you read the chapter afterwards. It makes everything everything makes it better, you know. So yeah, that's why I, don't, I I just don't like reading previews. I just I want to I want to <laughs> read the whole thing. So you read the I'm Qui- really excited. The Qui-Gon comic issue. 
I did. And I, I'm really behind on the comic. I know you're going to be very shocked about that, Seth. But yeah. I'm very behind uh, on the Republic comic books. I've read the Qui-Gon and the Darth Maul and the Obi-Wan. And I, I haven't read since then. Oh, and, me too. Okay, so we're oh, in the same exact yeah. place pretty much. <laughs> I, okay, so we both love Darth Maul. And then we both talked about that. The Qui-Gon story is really good. The Obi-Wan Kenobi one isn't bad. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not like great, but it's not bad. But I think those first two mm-hmm. issues by Jody Howes are really good. My problem, like with the Qui-Gon comic, was that he had this vision, right? And I'm gonna spoil it, so you can skip ahead if you'd like. It's uh, he it, vaguely he has a fight with a thing, and wins the fight and it's portrayed as essentially a negative action like he has a vision of like he's just killed people you know when he thinks he was fighting a monster and then he leaves and it's all it's all in his head somewhere along the way he says or the idea is that balance has been created and i thought that what he had done was very clearly a dark side action very similar to like luke's uh, experience in the cave on dagobah but Somehow by doing it, he had created balance, and that didn't follow to me. That didn't, similar to a lot of the Force philosophy in the Clone Wars, <laughs> it didn't seem to have an internal logic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, it was, was very much, if you were trying to go for the Dave Filoni style of Force philosophy, she nailed it. <laughs> no, yeah, I really like the, what, what's the... Uh... The, the first the first issue where, where Qui-Gon really goes into like the force and you know and I, I haven't read it in a while but I remember it just being really kind of deep and not really action-packed but really giving and going into those ideas and there was like the the uh, wasn't like a monster not so I'm, much deep as just obscure <laughs> yeah you could say that too there's something about the way she just Jody got the force and you see that even in in like the Darth Maul issue and she really got the ideas of what the elements yes. of what the light and the dark side and all that and again I, I don't remember the the Obi Wan as well as the other ones and that should probably tell you just it didn't really connect with me as like the other two but yeah I remember really like really liking that Qui Gon issue of how much it dealt with the force and how he viewed it differently than the other Jedi. And that was very evident throughout that issue. And then you have the Darth Maul issue, which is fantastic. So yeah, we're him, you know, just trying to uh, scope out a uh, potential force user. So fantastic stuff. So I, I recommend reading the comics. I haven't read all of them. I've heard they're great. I've heard really good things about the uh, uh, Jango Fett issue. So I'm really excited about reading that. So yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm going to get caught up this weekend. I think I'm going to get caught up on resistance and the comic, all I'm really behind on all the comics, so I'm gonna get caught up on the comics and Resistance all this weekend. It's a Star Wars weekend. Well, yeah, <laughs> that that leads us right into Resistance, which is the last topic that we have today. Um, I think last time we talked about it, none of us were particularly impressed, but had hopes that it would get better in the end of season one. And uh, so far, I think that is true. Um, you two are both still a little bit, uh, you know, not all the way through the season, right? Um, I have seen one episode and one screener, so I'm actually one ahead. So between us, we're kind of caught up. <laughs> <laughs> balanced, yeah. Yes. Yeah, balanced, yeah. just like Qui-Gon. 
So this the second half of the season has been has varied a lot from uh, Bebo, which I feel is actually one of the show's worst episodes so far, to episodes like the First Order Occupation um, and and onward, which really made me care about the show a lot more. So generally, overall, do you think uh, the show is getting better? Yeah. I- for me, the show has been very. It starts off kind of rough, and I and I, I've been very. I was very critical on this show, on my other podcast, and it's just one of those things where I still my main criticism is still I think there, but it's the Star Wars elements are starting finally to kind of come through my criticism, if that makes any sense. I'm not a huge fan of Kaz still. It's he's not my favorite character. I'm not a big fan of the bumbling hero that kids can connect to. And I know that's what he's there for, but he kind of outshined all the star Wars elements. And they were now I don't, I'm not saying that the star Wars elements were dumbed down in the previous, like four five episodes. It just weren't as prevalent, I think. And it just seemed like he, his bumblingness and his, and his, and I, Oh shucks. Oh my gosh. I'm going to fall off this ledge. It's, it, it just got old after a while, but it seems like now that it's kind of hit like episode six or seven, Things are starting to kind of finally the Star Wars elements are starting to kind of come in, like with the turtles, turtle characters that are running the, the Colossus that we find out, all that stuff. That's all in there. That's really interesting. Poe Dameron shows up and takes on a, a Quaklian ape lizard, which is an amazing idea, by the way. <laughs> There's the Star Wars elements are starting to come out there and I think kind of tone down Kaz just a little. But at the same time, I'm definitely liking everything a lot more. And I love, love, love the designs. I think the designs are all great. I love the ship designs. Most of the character designs are great. It's just the the stories themselves just aren't super engaging, but they are getting better. And I love, and I don't know the names of the characters as well. And it's because I'm not connected to the show as much as I'd like to be. But at the same time, I love when the pirates show up. I, I like that idea. I like the idea of the Colossus being its its own isolated kind of, uh, uh, a, not a government, but kind of its own thing, and it runs by its own rules. And the fact that that that's there, it, that's where you know, the, the first order is kind of introduced, and why they have a presence there in the first place. And you get the idea that the first order is has it in their best interest to kind of scope this place out and not and take things over like this, and not necessarily by force. And you and and even though that's not as like fun and as interesting, it's. Or as far, excuse me, it's not as fun maybe uh, as an eye-pleasing like, this is so exciting, they're shooting lasers at each other all the time. No, it's more, it makes more sense of what the First Order is trying to do kind of discreetly, if you will. And that's what they're trying to do, and that's what they've kind of done in the sequel trilogy that I don't think the movies do a great job of explaining. But yeah. I think I think the source material, like all the, the, all the books and the comics and the, now the cartoon shows – they have done a better job of explaining what the First Order really is. And again, a major downfall of the films, I think, is not explaining what the First Order is. The Empire is pretty obvious mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. I think it's pretty obvious what everything is in the prequel trilogy. In the sequel trilogy, the First Order is just kind of like, what are, what is this? And you get a, and I will credit so far, I'm not even as far along as what um, the First Order gets even more information gets revealed about them, apparently, that I'm not even yeah. there yet. You will definitely want to watch The Core Problem, at least, which is the most recent episode. 
I all I yeah. know is that Baby Nani is in the later is in it at some point, and I yes. need to watch it just for that. Yes, because she's in. It's like this is literally like the most exciting thing for me because she is actually like a character I really love, and I didn't ever expect to see her again. So the fact she's in Resistance is just amazing yeah it's been getting like more complex i guess more solid and like interesting as it's gone on i'm probably gonna do the thing again where i just binge a whole bunch of episodes because i find that a really fun way to watch the show yeah i think it's i think it's been getting stronger as it's been going i really enjoy the character of sainara who has become the most interesting character because she has to make a very dramatic choice. Um, She was the pirate who starts to be friends with Kaz and his group, and she has to choose whether she's going to be on the side of the pirates or the side of the Colossus as the First Order threat heats up. And I just really like her. I think she kind of has that sense of, like, yeah, she's a pirate, but I don't get the sense that she does it out of malice. The pirate leader uh, refers to it as her home, so I have a feeling maybe she was raised there, but I have no idea. I don't. I'm just like making headcanons about that. <laughs> but um, I kind of like to think that she was maybe an orphan and she was found by them, and she kind of doesn't know another life, and now like. The Colossus is showing her another life, which is not the most original story in the world, but it does set her up with a choice and with stakes. And yeah. she's quietly become much more interesting than Kaz to me. Yeah, I I haven't watched much after her, like, appearing as a character, but, like, I've been really interested in where she's going to go and, like, what they're going to do with her. So I'm excited to hear that she does, like, become really interesting. Well, I think she's already interesting because I mean, she is she is already interesting. So like I'm excited well, that she actually like gets an arc about this kind of stuff. No, yeah, totally. and for a given value because it's not super deep, but it is it is something. I love the idea that she, her and Kaz have a connection because they're both hiding something. Again, so far I'm I'm still four episodes behind. So. Yeah. But this makes sure people understand, like, well, that like, doesn't make any sense because of blah, blah, blah. I have no idea what's coming, so bear with me. But what I love so far is that Kaz isn't falling for the governor's daughter. I'm not sure what we would call her. What, what's her name? I always, I'm really bad with the yeah, names. Yeah, the captain's on daughter, Tora. Tora, that's right. I yeah. like the character, but I like the idea that she's not, he's not falling in love with her, even though that, that could very isn't easily she, be. Like- I remember people talking about this on Twitter. She's, like, way younger than him. Um, yeah. Like, Kaz is, like, 20, like, early 20s or something like that. Or, like, late teens. Yeah. And she's, like, 16 or something like that. Like, he is, she seems so, old. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. really hard to tell with all these it's, characters. It's really hard to yeah, tell, but that actually yeah. is a thing. She's way younger than him. Which, when I found that out, I was like, okay, guessing that's romance isn't going to happen, which I'm happy about, because that's, like, the whole two main characters fall in love. No, but right. it was but a shock not, for some people that did ship them. They were like, oh, no, that's that's not good. <laughs> Is that really confirmed, though, that she's, like, 16 years old? Yeah, so yeah. it is. Really? Um, okay. As, so as far as I'm aware, um, I do think this show is, like, I have no idea how old Sainara is. Like, the ages are weird. Kaz is, is 20, and Tora is, like, 14, 15. So they have definitely kind of, I, I think they will not establish that as anything romantic. I also yeah. definitely, I kind of like that there doesn't seem to be any of that going on right now. Um regardless of the age but yeah that seems to be the canonical ages for them yeah i like the idea of them like having a sibling relationship because like their yeah, relationship exactly. have been really fun like i mean not the relationship like the interactions they have are really fun it's really cute i will say i like sonara and and kaz having something that they have in common 
and that she senses that in him and 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 he's there they have this kind of a strange attraction in a sense to where they have they're kind of opposites but yet they kind of like can see each other themselves a little bit like yeah. and that's what i get from it and i like that yeah. it's very charming and it I works can see and, and cast. oh for sure yeah. i'll be i'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen i mean my real resistance ship is just jaeger and myself but kaz and sinara are fine <laughs> i'm not i'm not a, someone who claims to to say ship or anything like that that's, <laughs> not my, that's, not, that's not my bag by any means but at the same time i would love to see those two characters hook up that's that's my jam. They <laughs> that's shipping, Paul. You're in there. You're, you're in shipping. It. You're, you're in one of us now. No, <laughs> not ship. I will never say that. Sorry, you did it already. <laughs> so I had another question here. Is the show worth watching for Poe alone? Which is not really maybe the best way to phrase that. And what I mean by that is not is he better than the other characters? But what do you think that you'd recommend Resistance to fans of the sequel trilogy who aren't really invested in Kaz, but do just want more of the, the trio from the sequels? Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know how much Poe comes in later on, but from how much I've seen, I probably wouldn't, because he just kind of feels like a framing character for it. Um, I mean, like, I'd be like, for all, go, go, go hard on it if you wanted to see Poe's face. But, like, in terms of wanting more story <laughs> about Poe and stuff, I wouldn't recommend it entirely. Um, like, the stuff with it, like, with the with the monkey, like, that was good. That was real good. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, there is stuff with Poe and him, like, that kind of expands on him as a character that is, like, a yes, absolutely. But then also just, like, the show as a whole isn't about Poe, so not really. Yeah, I would only recommend the show if you love Star Wars. And, and <laughs> if, and I'm being 100% truthful. You have to really love Star Wars, I think, to really get invested in the show. And I hate saying that because I think Rebels had a, a definitely a more approachable and more entertaining overall value that if you just kind of like Star Wars, you could probably be into it, I think. Whereas I think Resistance, you have to really love the, the content of Star Wars, period, to really get into the show. And that, again, that's, that's just my opinion, but... That's my, that's just what I think. I, because I have struggled to get into the show still, though I'm getting more into it. I'm, I am, it's a, a you know, Star Wars, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's a, it's a slow burn and it's not super engaging. And it, again, it's meant for a younger audience. That's not supposed to be heavy. It's supposed to be more aimed and lighthearted and like children yeah. lighthearted. So I, I just don't really have, I just can't tell people to say, if you love Star Wars Episode 7 and 8, you have to watch Resistance. I'm like, no, you really don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you if you want to know more about the First Order, the, and that's something you really interest you, I'd say yes. But if you're like, I thought, I'm not a huge fan of the sequel trilogy, I'd be like, stay away from Resistance. I Like that thing. said, I mean, yeah, if you're not a fan of the sequel trilogy, you're not going to want to watch this probably. But that said, the Clone Wars and Rebels both started off very rough. Like, those first few episodes of the Clone Wars, like, whew, not great real not great um they're all right but the clone wasn't really I agree, on like that. I agree. episodes it's bad paul no, <laughs> no i'm Yoda sorry episode? i'm kidding no no the only episodes are, like they're not bad they're not bad they're... the problem is that if you're coming into them like not knowing anything about like side characters or side stuff in star wars and just like expecting the prequel characters you get yoda some random clone troopers and someone you've never heard of before I and it's a little bit that. like 
it's a little bit like iffy and like the story it's not bad but it's not like super captivating as a first episode or first arc like i love it now because i'm like oh it's those clone troopers i love those clone troopers but when i recommend it to people who like star wars i have to be like okay but like if you struggle with these episodes you can start like in season two or three because like it's not chronological anyways like it's fine you can you can jump off there and then go back to these episodes once you understand them and like rebels as well starts off quite um like quite childish like not in a bad way it's just it's aimed at children and then as the children as the kids age it ages with them like the clone wars did um and i think resistance is like that but it was aimed at a younger audience to begin with than rebels was which means that it is harder for us to latch onto it because it's got an even younger demographic that it's aiming to um and so like all of the all of the animated shows i think have this issue that when they begin they're not like solid stories and that that's like an issue with everything like i mean like steven universe uh, i'm just gonna throw it out to another cartoon um steven universe like the first few episodes aren't like super engaging for the entire story of the show um they're like fun kids kid episodes but they're not like important things that you're like oh this is very intriguing and i think that's a thing i guess because i watch a lot of cartoons i'm quite used to this happening but it is it is a struggle for people and i understand that and so like whenever i recommend these shows people i have to be like it is a kid's show (laughs) like you will have to deal with that at times but if you love the Star Wars content enough, like, there is good story there. I think Resistance is structurally fine. Um, I often found the Clone Wars to be overly kind of corny and to <laughs> to not have a, like, internal consistency all the time. And, like, some of the dialogue just didn't make sense. Resistance does not have those problems. <laughs> Resistance is is technically fine it doesn't have things like well no occasionally there was that one case in resistance where a stormtrooper said he was leaving a room three times in a row and then (laughs) left the room (laughs) there are some technical hiccups but generally i like it well enough um the the question is it memorable for me is it personally like super engaging for me no not really so I'm still a, like, it's good, it's fun. I'm starting to see moments of maybe I am really invested in these characters. Maybe, like, they're kind of slowly creeping up on me, creeping up on my heart. <laughs> but it's not, I'm still not, like, dying for it, you know? Yeah, I think as it goes on, it's entirely possible it will just creep up into our hearts. I, I really <laughs> like it. Like, I don't love it, but I really like it for just how much fun it is. When I binged, like, the first part of the season when we last did an episode, I just had a lot of fun watching it. It's it's kind of goofy. It's very Star Wars in a lot of ways. But he's still, like, lovable in his own way. I'm probably never going to love it to the same level I love the Clone Wars, but that's very hard considering the Clone Wars is what got me back into Star Wars. I think I'm going to enjoy it as long as it, like, stays kind of fun and still interesting i think i'm gonna like really enjoy it just into the future yeah i i think it has room to grow just like i think clone wars did just like the uh, rebels show did i mean there's there's room for the for growth for the show i just don't know if as of right now if i could really really uh recommend it but at the same time i wouldn't recommend season i get you know what? I'll, I'll take a, what i said back sap you're right i think season one of clone wars you have to love star wars prequels <laughs> a little bit to get you know i, I take it back yeah. you're right you're one i, I yeah. apologize like they're you know not what? bad right. 
they're not bad yeah, but you yeah. do need to have that love in the first place to get past that you're right absolutely i, I do i loved it because I, I just love star wars so when i first saw it i, I i'm i'm kind of remembering now because i i thought about showing my other friends who were kind of anti-prequel people for the most part mm-hmm. and i'm like you gotta watch Clone wars like, oh, i don't know and i'm like come on and i think you're right the first season it's like well i don't know but that second season so good and yeah, it it really wraps up. Starts- and even like the first season and the first half of the second season like have that older animation style and then as it like kind of ramps up in animation it also kind of ramps up in story as well as like even past that the animation keeps getting better like the lost emissions the animation is just oh so good you can tell they had a lot of budget to blow on that incredible um, so amazing and like that's the thing it's like when i get people introduced to the clone wars like i'll usually introduce them with um like people who like some of my friends, I introduced them with the Yoda arc right at the end of the Clone Wars because I was like, okay, this is the this is the full stuff you want, which is oh, like damn. beautiful, beautiful episodes, beautiful story. Like, and then I was like, oh no, actually taking them back to the start of the Clone Wars after that is going to be kind of rough. Yeah, that that's the thing. What how are they going to follow up? It's really really hard for me to, for them to follow up the Lost Missions, in my opinion, with this new arc they're going to have with the the Mandalorian arc with uh, oh, Ahsoka. About and that? We are getting more Clone Wars. Wait. Yeah, so it's. Oh, right. We're talking about new Clone Wars. I forgot that was a thing for a second. Yeah, so did I. Oh, my okay. God. That's, That's going to be a topic unto itself. Yeah. yeah. We'll so talk about that at some point in the future. Right, right, right. It just won't no, go away. As far as Resistance goes, I think that they've got – they have everything's there except for the story at this point. I think they yeah. have to work on getting it for the second season, which I think it's already been announced and picked up. The second season needs to really kind of ramp it up a little bit, and I'm hoping it does because it seems like the show's getting a little better. Let's ramp up the threat a little bit. Let's maybe see the Knights of Ren in the second season, huh? I mean, <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, come on. The Paul Clone Wars, right? Come on. Give, give Paul the Knights of Ren, please. Someone. I, that's it. all I want. I want. <laughs> all right. I think that's a good, uh, good stopping point for our very – news heavy episode this week um yeah. give paul knights of ren is our, our rallying cry for the rest of the until... i need to make that a pin <laughs> i mean i got i got bb19 resistance the least you could do is give paul at least one knight of ren <laughs> at least one it doesn't have to be kylo it's give me a knight of ren <laughs> anybody it could be like the last guy it could be like the the guy who's like who's pledging to be a knight of Ren. He's like really crappy and like he can't do anything. And he's like falling off the thing, the side of the Colossus like Kaz all the time because he's so clumsy. <laughs> so I'll take the that. The first sort of version of Kaz. Wait, so do you count? I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you count Kylo as a knight of Ren in this situation? Like I believe Kylo is gonna show yeah, up on yeah. Resistance eventually. I think, although it's hard. I thought that was in, uh, inevitable, and now with how close they're coming to the movies themselves, I'm not sure. But so, if Kylo Ren shows up, is that is that what you want, or do you want a new Knight of Ren? I'll take whatever they'll give me. <laughs> okay. I'll take okay. Kylo, but I'll, I'll t- I would love, if they, if they didn't want to use Kylo, they want to use, like, J. Ren, I'll take J. Ren. See, like, they could make maybe the Knights of Ren kind of like the the inquisitors right and rebels like you got like the fifth brother and the sixth sister or oh whatever yeah but then lights of did yeah. um absolutely if jj doesn't even plan on using them in the movies maybe they could just do that that would be cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm down i'm down i think i have fe- i actually named a uh, future night of ren guys j ren <laughs> i want i want j ren name i hope that hasn't i hope they haven't named them all yet there's probably at least what six or seven they're probably trying to figure it out right now yeah, and I'm pretty j-ren sure well, to figure it out too. 
If they make it six or seven, they might as well go all the way and just make them knights of ten. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that one for a while. Okay. That is a good point in the thon because that's we can't top that now. All right. Well, thank everyone uh, for listening. Um, we can also be found at denofgeek.com and wherever podcasts are hosted, including on Spotify. Um, where can Ooh. we find you two on the internet? YouTube.com? You, no. You. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I know. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Megan. I'm sorry. You uh, can. <laughs> you, can find me on, you can find me on twitter at herman22 with two n's aka pthug see my other podcast at marvel newscast on twitter and i'm on there with my buddy sean we do lots of marvel stuff we got a patreon we got all kinds of good discord stuff on there also see my other star wars podcast the saga continues with my buddies kyle and tim you can find me on twitter at wanderlustin w-a-n-d-e-r-l-u-s-t-a-n i will hopefully have like an unlocked account by the time this episode happens but if i don't just chuck me a follow request and I'll accept you. It's fine. And I can be found at blog full of words on Twitter. Um, you can also follow us as a unit at at Blaster Cannon Pod, um, which is also a good place to leave feedback if you like the show or want to suggest a Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.